Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, a daily podcast devoted to spirituality and self-help. If you're new, I want to welcome you. If you're returning, welcome back. So today we have a special guest with us in the studio. We have Miss Jana Romer, and she is working on a very creative project that she's really excited to talk to us about today. And her passion is with yoga and with astrology, which I'm really fascinated to hear more about this. So I can't wait to uh, to start talking to her about her experiences. So welcome today, Jana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is really fun and exciting. Yeah, no problem. So I want to hear more about your creative project. But before you start telling us about that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? <laughs> I love this question. I think it's so funny because, you know, we're such vast creatures and we got two sentences. Who are you? <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a Canadian mother of two boys. I just spent the last seven years living in Venice Beach, California, which was incredible. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm far more complex than a sentence. How about that? <laughs> I'm passionate about astrology, like you said. Um, and really, really what I love more than anything is actually the nature of the mind and how humans function and our mental health, but then also where that intersects with our spiritual well-being. And so to me, one can't be accessed without the other in its wholeness. led you into more of your spiritual practice my spiritual practice I, you know what I wasn't raised in a religion I was raised um, on an acreage outside of a really tiny town and my mom had just the essence of spirituality you know it was never that we went to church but it also wasn't that God was never in the room you know what I mean and there was, I would say that my mom kind of led me from the very beginning to have um, trust that the universe is on my side. Although I'm not sure that that would be the words that she used. But if I look back over the course of my life, whether it was the way we gardened or the way we trusted, you know, and that we were being taken care of, it was just, it was just part of the fabric of my being. So spirituality, I did actually go through a short phase <laughs> in my late teen years and early 20s where I tried out atheism for a little while, where I was like, oh, maybe maybe we die and it is just this black hole and that's the end of it, you know? And I tried it out for a little while. I think I was mad at God for something, <laughs> you know? And then um, when I was, when I was, I think, 22 or 23 years old, uh, two uh, guys that I knew basically from kindergarten straight through to grade 12 died in a head-on car accident. And these two characters in my life, one was my brother's best friend and one was a, a friend. He, they touched a lot of people and they lived a really cool life. And so coming home for their funerals, it was in the biggest building in the town that I grew up in and it was still overflowing. There were people in the mezzanine and you know, there wasn't enough space to hold the number of lives that these two people touched. And it, it definitely changed something in me. That was, you know, 
if if there was ever a time where God essentially said, "Hey, I'm ready for my little girl to come back," that was that was the moment. And yeah, I just have never, other than that short time, I can't imagine life without spirituality. And I think I didn't even believe it when I was trying to be all tough then either. <laughs> it's really interesting that you say that. And I have to also uh, say, sorry for the background noise. Apparently my dog saw someone walking past our house. She just loves to like interject her little barks here and there. Um, <laughs> but I think it's funny that you mentioned that it was you know, the death of people that you knew, because I've heard so many people say that. Um, my mentor, she actually opened up to her gifts because a close friend of her died, hers died. And it was like, that was the catalyst for her. And I think that there's a lot of people who experience that. Um, and also interesting that you say, you didn't really think that you believe that you're atheist, because uh, I have that issue with my son too. You know, he was like, I don't, I don't believe, and I don't want to believe, and there's still a part of me that's like, yeah, I don't, I don't believe you, <laughs> but I have to let him come to that realization on his own, so that's, that's, uh, that made me think of him when you said that, so it's interesting, so what's this project that you're working on that you're so excited about? Yeah, so um, have you ever heard of yoga nidra before? So not like yoga asana, like the poses that you do in a studio, but yoga nidra. Have you heard of that? Maybe not. Okay, most people haven't. So I want to start there and then I'll explain. Okay. So yoga nidra is a, it's kind of like a meditation, but you do it laying down instead of seated. And it's completely different than a meditation where in a meditation, we often say you want to calm the undulations of the mind or you want to, you know, let the thoughts go. We're in yoga nidra. We're like, bring it all in. Like you're the whole of you is welcome. There's nothing that you could bring to the practice that isn't welcome. And there's something so liberating in that. Now, at the same time, the practice itself is such a sound technology when it's delivered properly that instead of fighting the mind, we actually go right underneath the mind into the autonomic nervous system. And we do, we get there through sensation. And so um, as we map the body in the beginning phase of the practice, what we're doing is sending a single signal through the felt sense of interoception, which is touch, like to touch yourself from the inside out. Um, through mapping the body, we're actually mapping gray matter in the brain, which naturally brings the hum of the busy mind into this centralized, coherent, uh, peaceful place. And that's, to me, that's the, the entrance into the practice. And then once we get inside of the practice, there's all different things that you can do. So when I say inside, what we're doing is going from the conscious mind, eyes closed, the, the sensing, the, the we call it the rotation of consciousness through the body is such that the analytical mind goes to sleep and you watch your physical body fall asleep, but awareness remains. So now all of a sudden you're in a state that we typically don't visit otherwise. And once we're in that state, then it's a dialogue with the subconscious mind, your chemical electro, electrical systems, and we can get into some of those limiting beliefs or those unconscious or subconscious urges or our trigger points in life. 
And we have the ability once we're underneath the analytical mind to really repattern the way that electricity is being conducted through your body, which then signals the chemical reactions, which then, you know, like the cascade of that. And so um, I, I kind of became obsessed with yoga nidra when I started to recognize that first of all, as a mom, I was more rested, you know, what new mom isn't tired. And for me, I was a daily meditator for almost a decade when I had my first uh, son and I would go sit. I was so determined. I'm like, I'm still going to meditate. And I'd sit to meditate and I'd just be like falling asleep in my seat. I'm like, I don't think this is helping me. You know? And I, and I had done yoga nidra before and it came back around. And I just thought if I can take 20 to 30 minutes in my afternoon it was when he was really little and he was having two naps. If I can take one of those naps for me and do this practice, then I'm still getting something to reconnect with myself. And I'm still, um, I, and also I'm recovering some of my lost sleep. So that's where the love for yoga nidra really began for me. And then I started to notice that things in my life that were typically triggering me stopped being so triggering. And that was huge. So it was, you know, there was, there was double up. And then I, I very naturally gravitated towards astrology. Nobody ever said this would be cool. This would be a good idea. In fact, it was the opposite. People are like astrology. What would you ever do with that? Or I'd be talking about astro. I got fired from a yoga studio in Venice for talking about astrology. Like I would say, Oh, it's a new moon today. And the owner of the studio, bless his heart. I, I still love the studio. I don't, I, I'm, I do not take offense to it. I understand why he did it. <laughs> it's like filled with surfers, you know, they don't care about the moon, sure, whatever. They probably would today because it's changed since that, those years ago. But anyway, um, yeah, rather than it being something that I thought would be beneficial for me to study, I actually got more feedback that people wouldn't take me seriously anymore. And so, but I couldn't help it. I was so interested in it. I, astrology has explained so much for me because it is just an extension of our natural world, our psyche, our imagination, our emotions. You know, it to me, yeah, I couldn't stop my interest in astrology if I tried. And what I started noticing is that when I would, I used to, well, I still do, but I used to have an actual blog. Now it's more like Instagram. <laughs> I used to blog about the new and full moons. And I noticed that after my yoga nidra practice, my journaling would be in direct reflection of what was going on in the astrology when I would look into the astrology later on. And I thought, wow, this practice is connecting me to these cosmic rhythms. That's and what's occurring I, for you naturally by, yeah. by doing the yoga practice. Wow. Yeah. And so then I thought, well, then I, when I did my training for yoga nidra, I hadn't really thought of it all the way, but the, my practicum script was yoga nidra to attune to the moon. <laughs> That's like what I handed in to my teacher. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I started to realize that if I put them together, so when I was teaching public classes, I would take the themes of the astrology and I'd weave them into the practice. And there were some people at the studio, there's this one woman who is so consistent. She was there every class, you know, every teacher wants some good students. And she was just amazing. She really helped me. <laughs> and she would come to me after class and be like, you should be live streaming these, or you should be recording these and sending them out into the world. I think lots of people would benefit. And that wasn't, people weren't streaming the same way as they are now then. And I thought that's crazy. You know, like who would listen? 
And, but I did end up recording it and I just put it up on my website and I couldn't believe it. Like 300 people bought the recording. And I was like, what, who are these people? And why are you interested in this? And so that just turned in and that's how it began. And um, the first year I did it, I ended up getting really busy with life and I didn't understand that this is what I was meant to be doing yet. And I did, I think I did four and then I let it slip. And then the next year I started again. And so now I've been consistent for almost four years. I always about three and a half years. I've been consistently creating these every sun season, a new one comes out. And um, each year now is themed off what Jupiter's doing because Jupiter as a planet takes one year to circle the Zodiac. And the theme of Jupiter will often help us to understand how we can expand into more of who we are or a learning point or you know something that's important for us to learn right now as a collective and so this last year Jupiter was in Capricorn and what I did is I started to study medical astrology and how astrology lives in our bodies and I mixed it with um, teachings from Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen and the Body Mind Centering Institute where I'm not sure if you're familiar with her work, but she is, she's ridiculous. Her understanding of interoception and how the body moves and feels, she's asking your, like when you do something with uh, Bonnie, let's say she's bringing you into your, um, your breath, she'll lead you to the place where your, your lungs become aware of themselves. So you're not thinking from your brain, but like the lungs become aware of themselves. And so I started mixing, I'm breaking the rules of yoga, like traditional yoga nidra, because I'm taking this deep embodiment work that Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen has outlined. I'm mixing it with medical astrology of what's going on in the body and coming up with these practices. So over the last year, we've been through the immune system and we've been through the skeletal system and the cardiovascular system and the digestive system and the nervous system and just into the kidneys and the bladder and you know it's really um, been quite a fun creative process and I kind of giggled it wasn't really a time of giggling but right before COVID hit was Pisces season and Pisces season governs the immune system. And so right before COVID hit, I put out this Astro Nidra for Pisces season that was all about embodying the immune system. <laughs> you know, like you were preparing people for what was about to come. <laughs> exactly. So that's where it becomes so relevant now all of a sudden. That's very interesting. Do you find that happening a lot? Like that what you end up creating courses for coincides with what is happening or getting ready to happen in the world 100 i started calling 2020 astrology's redemption year because i've never seen such strong parallels between what's happening or what's written in the stars and what's actually happening in in the world from everything from the pandemic to black lives matter to the election and like you know you look at even the fires you know everything it was like boom boom the astrology there it is what the heck how could this be mapped out so clearly and why are people not paying attention what is coming up are you going to have to survive 2021 <laughs> because some of us have had a rough year <laughs> yeah well you know the 
the crew of people that have been following um, Attuned to the Moon, which is my which is my uh, platform, the people that have been following have time and time again just said thank you so much. Like all along the way, the, if people sign up for one course, they tend to sign up for many, many, and I keep them really, really affordable because. I'm of the belief that spirituality should be accessible. Astrology should be accessible. These practices should be accessible. And I remember one of the courses that I ran this summer, $55 for a month intensive. And everybody was like, you could charge $550 for this. And I was like, yeah, but then you guys all wouldn't be here. You know, like <laughs> I would rather have, I would rather be with more people, but yeah, 2021 is interesting. It's going to be an interesting year you know are there any insights you can give people just like you know not to give away your whole you know what you do but do you have any insights that you could give to someone who's like are we gonna get relief in 2021 that's a great question because it's not it relief comes not from it stopping relief comes in 2021 through innovation so where we're at with this pandemic and the way society is being like we're contracted you know we're we're being asked to stay home we're we're not able to see our loved ones like what the heck is going to happen at christmas time you know it's we're it's really weird and so there's restrictions and constrictions and we're being contracted and 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 it feels like our freedoms may be being taken away but, you know, as a spiritual person, I'm sure that you've come across many times the law of expansion and contraction, right? And so where Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto, for that matter, have all been in Capricorn, Capricorn is a very contractive sign. Saturn contracts and Jupiter expands. And so with Saturn contracting and with all this contraction that we've had, we're moving into a time of expansion next because Saturn and Jupiter on December 21st of this year, the winter solstice, they come together in the sky. It's the closest they've been in the sky since the 1600s. And so this is called a conjunction. But since the, it's the first time, well, I'll explain. <laughs> it's the first time since the 12th century that we are now entering into a time where Saturn and Jupiter come together every 20 years in air signs. And on the 21st of December, it happens in Aquarius. And Aquarius is known for innovation, to be a rebel. Aquarius like doesn't follow the rules. Aquarius makes the rules, you know? So we look at, it was happening in, in Earth and we had lots of Capricorn energy in Saturn dominant times. And Saturn's always gonna be dominant and play a role, but Saturn's no longer gonna be in Capricorn, which is authority and everybody follow the rules and make sure you're in integrity, which are very good things and also challenging things. Um, now Saturn's moving into Aquarius where it's also at home, but it's saying, okay, we learned the rules. Let's break the rules. <laughs> I'm not saying don't wear your mask and don't follow the rules or whatever. I don't know. Do what you need to do there. But as a general thing with the signs, it's like Aquarius, Saturn in Aquarius is now masterful. It's like in a position of mastery and, and your authority is not, no longer needing any force because it's so embodied, you know, this inner authority where, you know, I was in a challenging conversation with somebody who I would say was, uh, trying to deceive me about something. And my response was, um, 
I answer not to a person at this point. I answer to, and I just pointed up there. I'm like, I answered her or him or God or whatever you want to call it, because it, it's like, that's the authority that I answer to, you know? And so the more people that are aligned with their inner authority, once we get in with our inner authority, then we're, then I think the natural progression is that spiritual authority and living from a higher morale. And so it might sound a little bit idealistic, but the next 200 years where we were material earth signs, now it's going to be ethereal air signs. So moving from the material to the ethereal. And so the relief comes when we actually start to let go of where we were. We let ourselves be that butterfly in the cocoon in that imagined stage where you turn to mush and then or sorry, that was a caterpillar first, and then come out as the butterfly. And so the innovation and allowing yourself to take a risk and rebel from our old lives. And, you know, that's, that's where the relief comes. Yeah, I'm an earth sign. So to me, you know, I think it's interesting when different, you know, when the planets are in different signs, you can definitely feel the effect that it has on you if you're a particular sign. And so I think for me, uh, the end of 2020 has been especially difficult. Um, but it's nice to know that that's going to end up changing as you know we. And, and I think I agree with you. I think we are moving from being more constricted to things are going to be more open. And, and I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Definitely looking forward to that. I but I think that the way that we look at a lot of things is just going to change. I think being right. in quarantine and realizing, hey, there's a lot of things we can do differently that we, you know, have had things the same way for so many years. And now we're realizing, oh, we don't have to do it that way anymore. So that's actually a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also if people can think, innovation not just in technology or how we use our resources but innovation of how you think about things you know innovation in our perception of reality even innovation in our relating you know I even think the way you and I are doing this right now is kind of indicative of how innovation can happen you know like we're in different countries and here we are joining. And so, yeah, we're stuck at home. I have to, I have to stay home and my husband is our grocery fetcher. And, you know, like, I would really like to go to the grocery store. I mean, I could, that's just what we've chosen for our family, but to, to then actually have no boundaries that we're able to join and do this, like this, yes, sure. We're in our own homes, but we're also more connected than ever through some of these innovations. And so yeah, I, I think um, even though I am not a fan of Yogi Bhajan from Kundalini Yoga, I, I don't condone his behavior or his work even right now. Um, no offense if you do, it's totally cool. That's just where I stand on it. <laughs> One thing that he said that I, I think there is some merit to is when he was creating Kundalini Yoga as Tava Yogi Bhajan, he said, there will be a time in our lifetimes where many people will experience um, 
will be deeply challenged in their mental health. I don't know his exact words. I think he would have said something like where many people will think like they're losing their minds or going crazy. And so it's now is the time to make sure that you are doing your mental health practices so that I think he even gave a stat like 80% of the people are going to think they're losing their minds. <laughs> it, right. I think that's what he said. And, and um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, I, I figure, I feel like I'm a fairly sound mental health. And this year has challenged me in ways that I never imagined possible. You know, I've read about it. I've had students come tell me about their experiences, but, you know, anxiety or panic attacks to the point where if somebody gave me one more piece of news, it would feel like I would have a heart attack, you know, or I'm my husband and I, I don't know how many times we looked at each other over the course of this year and we're like, are we dreaming? Is this real? Is this actually what's happening? Like questioning reality, like, actually questioning reality am i dreaming am i crazy is this real and not just on one topic definitely has caused that and you know i'm a teacher and i know that and i can see it with my students that their mental health has suffered because they don't get to go to school every day and be with their friends and do their normal activities. And so it's tough for kids too, especially right now. And I think that we're seeing the rise of mental health issues. And I mean, I think it's a, it's honestly, it's a good thing in the long run, because I think that what's going to happen is it's, everyone's going to understand this is an important topic this mm -hmm. mental health care should be accessible to everyone and right now it's not yeah and i think that it has brought that to the forefront that oh yeah maybe we should be focusing on people's mental health maybe we should be giving them resources that they can access free and or at least low cost that can help them because before that's why i know at least in our country where we've seen you know, the rise of homelessness or drug use, it's all stems from mental health issues, a big part of that. And so I think that this has at least put a spotlight like, hey, you know, I know at least 10 people now who are in depression and they've never happened before, you know, because yeah. a lot of people can fake their way through life and their friends don't realize they have depression or anxiety. And it's like everyone is experiencing it now to some degree. Yeah. And, you know, even just pairing what you're saying with what you do, you're a teacher. I don't know what grade you teach, but like in my vision of the future, we're not having to catch up with mental health stuff. It's just embedded. Like in kindergarten, we breathe in, you know, like we sense our bodies. You never lose that connection. You know, I look at my, my littlest guy, <laughs> he's um, 13 months. And even he's feeling the effects of the pandemic because he never, we stayed home, we stayed home. So now I went and visited my mom and I mean, a couple of times, but like we're in different parts of the country and he had social anxiety. Like he could not let go of me, you know? And I was there for two weeks. It took 10 days before he would go to anybody else. And you know, it, it it's reaching everybody in some way shape or form if it's not yourself it's somebody in your family and so I think to have it embedded in society like just you know that's one of the things I, I love about um, 
I think it's in Islam where they just stop for prayer five times a day. And it's just, it's embedded in their culture that that bell goes and you get down on your knees and you pray. And not saying that we need to do something like that. And I'm not sure that Western culture would conform to anything like that. You know, Western culture wants to be so free and so radicalized and, and you know, so much in their own authority. But, but, but to be be able to in any conversation say hey i just need a minute can i can i have some time to respond with this and people are getting better at saying that now i think because this year and people are giving more permission for people to take that time that that could be one of the radical ways that we then alter our culture within the curriculum of schools. Um, I created a program called Mindfulness Matters. That's just like a, if you want to call it a workbook that, you know, either schools or parents could buy and use with their kids every day. It's just little mindfulness things that they can do and teach to their kids so that I think, and of course we've been forced to slow down with the pandemic, but I think the biggest part of our societies is just we've always been taught go, 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 go. And we just act and we say and we do and we don't think about what we've said or what we've done or now it's causing people to have to slow down and realize, okay, I need to be present in my life in every moment. Yeah. And it gives kids those tools they need. Yeah. And not just in our heads. We have to be in our bodies. You have to have that relationship with our bodies, you know, and, and to take it a step further in my little vision of a world, it's not just the mindfulness practices, astrology puts us all working on a similar theme at a similar time. And so um, when, when I look at astrology, or at least this year alone, because all of a sudden now I'm working from home constantly and we did different courses. So I do virtual new moon circles and full moon circles. And then when there's a retrograde, we'll do a course on the retrograde or there's a big astrological event, we'll do a course on that event. Or maybe it's a one day, you know, meetup or whatever it is. And what I found uh, time and time again with the astrology, and even when I was teaching it as a theme in my public yoga class, is that we are all going through similar things at a similar time. And here we are living in a world of enormous division. You know, there's, we are divided on more topics than we even know exist, <laughs> you know? And, and astrology is one great unifier because there's no denying that we're standing on the same earth that's revolving around the same sun and we're staring at the same moon at night and it doesn't matter where you are in the world it is the same and it doesn't care about your sex your gender your age your sex your um uh religious orientation your demographic like your social socioeconomic demographic like none of it it doesn't matter it doesn't care about your skin color it doesn't care about anything and it doesn't care about your health. It's the same for absolutely everybody. And I shouldn't say it doesn't care. It cares deeply about all of those things, <laughs> right? It's like, it's like this benevolent guide. And what I noticed this year was that we would build these courses far in advance, just based off what the astrology is, not knowing how then 
the energy and the community would fill the course itself. And myself and the women that I work with, we would, we would be in our planning meetings as we like, we create it. And then we'd have to have a planning meeting every week because it's so dynamic and like how people are showing up is, is big, you know, it's not light, it's big. (laughs) And we would almost, it would be a mixture of like giggling and shock to how accurate it was, even though we wrote it a long time ago, you know? And um, so if we had, let's say, uh, these themes, you don't even need to call it astrology even, you could call it whatever you want, but like, here's a theme, we're looking now at in a Sagittarius season while we're recording this, Sagittarius season has to do with fun and adventure and laugh, but it also has to do with our spiritual orientation and our a desire to seek truth. And it also has to do with the nature of our mind and our belief systems and how these belief systems shape our reality and how examining foreign cultures helps us then to see our own belief systems. And, you know, these topics are not small, like looking at a, a belief system or a limiting belief or uh, a liberating belief as a juxtaposition to the, li- the limiting belief imagine having a community of people that we all know that we're working on this right now. Right. And instead of um, now, let's say you and I are old friends and we come together and you're like, what, what belief systems have you been hacking? You know, like, <laughs> like belief hacking, what belief hacking are you doing right now? And I could tell you, and you would, and you would understand that my previous belief is, has been blown up by the illumination of the limitation of it. And you would allow me to change. And I would do the same for you, you know, or if we rewind back into the fall where it was Mars retrograde, it was full of inflammation and inflammation covering our own physical bodies, but also our tempers and our frustration and throwing inflammation and heat into our relations. And, you know, I I found having this community of people that are following that and understanding that at the same time, when I saw somebody getting a little frustrated, I wouldn't pour gas on their fire. I'd be like, okay, everybody's going through some flare-ups right now. Now it's your turn. And I'm going to let you go through that flare-up because it's going to burn something off. You know, you're going to burn something off. And when you walk through that fire, you're going to be different on the other side. So I'm going to let you go through that process and I'm going to meet you on the other side. And when it's my turn and I'm getting a flare up and I'm walking through the fire, you're going to walk me through that fire too. And you're going to meet me on the other side. And so we look at these themes in a community setting. It builds compassion. It builds empathy. It builds, it builds a different way of relating to each other. It it builds uh, opportunities to recognize each other's growth moment to moment. And so there's there's a huge opportunity that is written in the stars that we're just not harnessing to the degree that we could be. So my little dream, it's like, okay, what if that was the conversation or or at least the understanding that we shared? So if somebody wanted to join you for a course or just follow you because they're interested in, in everything that you're saying, which I am fascinated by what you've been talking about and can totally relate to it. So if someone wanted to follow you or take your course, how could they do that? I'm pretty easy to find. So if you can remember attune to the moon, that's the website, attune to the moon.com. 
And uh, that's the main hub. It's a membership website. There's a free level. There's a like cheaper level. And I can give your listeners 50% off um, that level if they want. So it'd be like $11 a month and you get access to a ton of different practices in astrology. Um, and then, and then there's like a, of course, you know, you always got to up level something. So there's one where you can get like distance healing and whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but that would be the easiest is attuned to the moon. And then I know a lot of people like hanging out on Instagram. So again, at attuned to the moon, all one word. Um, and then my name is Jana Romer and I'm sure you'll put this in the show notes. So it's Jana underscore Romer and my website's janaromer.com. And the other place that I like to hang out in the ethers in the internet world is this little free app called insight timer and insight timer is a free meditation app a lot of people know about it if you don't you should definitely check it out um i have been on there for quite a few years i've got yoga nidras on there as well as a a course a 10-day course to help you overcome obsessive thinking but really it's just like a collection of all my favorite practices that help me stay sane <laughs> um and then those journeys they're not actually part of the membership but if you are a member uh back to attune to the moon i jumped there for a second they are discounted you get discount if you're a member but anybody can do them so pass along all this information to you so I will put it in the show notes especially that discount which is awesome mm -hmm. thank you so much for doing that for my listeners yeah, um good. so if you could leave my listeners today with one piece of advice or a little a little golden nugget of wisdom what would that be <laughs> I knew this question was coming, but I didn't really put a lot of thought into it because I like to just see what comes up in the moment. Um, you know, I think if there was a, a parting thought, it would be that things are not what they seem. Things are not what they seem. Our human condition is one of limitation. And the more you can connect to your soul or the more you can connect to the invisible world and and develop and nurture uh trust that the universe has got your back you know um the more you'll be able to see how magical it is so you know things are not what they seem sometimes the biggest pain is the biggest gift you know Pulling that card actually for myself recently was that what may seem like a problem is actually an answer to your prayers. And you will see that as everything is unfolding in divine timing, your prayers are being answered. So I, I always do believe that. I believe that you have to go through the painful part to get to the blessing sometimes because we're actually just getting rid of, as you said, burning off those limiting beliefs or burning off the conditions that have been placed on us in order to learn how to be more open and free. So I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. This is so much fun. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a gift to be able to come and chat and share. And yeah, thank you. Yes. And, um, Nala loved it too, as she put her little input in there, my golden doodle, who's a little hyper. And <laughs> if she were a child, she would be in her 
teen years, the terrible teens. Who <laughs> I love Nala. She's interrupted my Facebook lives before to try to help me pull cards for people. So she, she's a mess. But thank you so much for being here with us today. And um, I will have all of your information out there. And I want to thank all of you who are out there listening to us today. Thank you for being here with us. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening and share it with anyone you think might benefit. Also, don't forget to follow me on social media. I go live Mondays at 630 Central on Facebook, where I do a free card reading. And if you show up for the live, I will pull a card especially for you. I also have free guided meditations on my YouTube channel. If you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaoatman.com. There you will see all of the services I offer, and you can book a service directly from my website. All of my sessions are done online through Zoom, so you never have to leave the comfort of your own home. Thank you so much. I hope that you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. I am sending you so much love and light, and I will talk to you again soon. Bye, guys.